We're continuing on with our series, Relation Slips, and all of us have experienced them. We've either been on the receiving side or the giving side, or sometimes these relationships are just going back and forth. It doesn't matter if we're a convinced person of faith or a person that's just trying to figure out, does faith have anything to say to my life or somewhere in between? Uh, it doesn't matter who we are. Uh, relationships are just right there. They're in the middle of our life, especially in these days. And as we start to wind down our series, we're looking at the family. And in these days, family relationships are just, there's just tons of opportunities for them. Your house brought you together. Like, really together. And although together is great, together with more space is better. It's all in fun and games until somebody gets hurt. <laughs> How many times did I hear that as a kid? How many times did I hear that as a young father? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're in these tight relationships. Uh, they're talking about needing more space. But uh, the reality is that might be part of the answer, but isn't the only answer. So as we're in these relationships and we're stepping on each other's toes and we're teasing each other, we're pushing each other's buttons, uh, sometimes that's all fun and good, but then sometimes it just goes a little too far. And when it goes a little too far, some of those things stick and some of those things hurt. And uh, often we don't even know that we're doing that or that's a part of our lives. And uh, sometimes we, even as parents, we're getting our buttons pushed by our kids. Uh, so we decide we're going to push back. And I love how this a parent decides to push back. <laughs> That's not funny. What's, what's wrong? Drive. It's not funny. It's not funny. Drive. What did you say? <laughs> You're embarrassed out here. <laughs> what did you say? The, okay. I walked in. I said, <laughs> I said, excuse me, ma'am. Do y'all have any blinker fluid? The guy on the other side's like, what'd you say? I said, do you have any blinker fluid? He said, someone's setting you up. I was like, what? <laughs> he said, did your dad tell you to come in here? I said, no, it's my mom. She's like, he's like, there's no such thing as blinker fluid. <laughs> that kid's scarred for life, and I'm happy it was the mom, not the dad that did it, because I'm uh, really surprised. And then you get in these situations, so the kids are pushing you, you're pushing them, you know, playing some of these little games, and again, it's all great and fun until somebody gets hurt. And I don't know if you saw this one, but uh, finally you've got a, a child that is just kind of keep on you and on you and on you, and they want to do something, and you, wanna, you just keep saying, no, 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 and then finally you say, all right, go ahead, but you're going to have to live with the results. And uh, I saw this thing floating around a little bit this week Child on the internet. will not stop insisting on tasting this. I keep telling him it's going to be gross, but he does not want to listen. So I'm going to let him find out for himself. He can read. <laughs> Uh, 
That is awesome. One for the parents. Yeah, I told you. I told you that wouldn't be good. You know, and then, you know, there's all on this, you know, you, you think about, you know, your tight and tight quarters. Some of us have had students home with us. Some of us have semi-grown-up kids home with us, you know, out of college, in college, and all that kind of thing. And uh, sometimes you have these conversations, and the college kids are, or the, uh, you know, out of high school kids are kind of pushing back. You're cramping my style. But, but the reality is, is, you know, they don't realize this, but I, I don't know about Cindy and I, and sorry, Mariah, you know, there are things we like to do when it's just us, you know, kind of a thing. And, you know, having this extra person around sometimes cramps our style. And uh, we see this in this uh, commercial for these other parents. Okay, sweetie. You call us when you get there. Wait, aren't you guys gonna drop me off? It's all yours. Seriously? goes both ways, kiddos, all right? <laughs> oh, and I said, sorry, I just see you, Shannon, with all these kids. Yes, where's your Mustang? <laughs> oh, boy. So relationships and families, lots of opportunities for it. Paul writes about this, and this is what he says. Parents, and you may notice that word parent, uh, many of our translations it says fathers, but it can go either way. So parents, don't exasperate, don't push your kids' buttons, your children, by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. And when we come to these family relationships with our kids, and it, it really, you know, it doesn't matter if they're just in your home, this can go on. We want to make sure that we're not pushing our kids. Uh, the idea here is that we take them by the hand. We, we, we actually lead them to a better way. We offer what they need. We don't, we don't come down on them harder than we need to. And then we lead them in the way of the master. And there's an art form to this. No family's the same. I think this changes and develops uh, even as our kids get older. You know, I'm watching it with my own kids as they get into adulthood, but I'm also, I'm also very observant how my parents treat me. And, uh, you know, some of you have been praying for my mom, appreciate that. But again, a little frailer and all that. But, but they're still, they're still even speaking into our lives now. And uh, I love the way I get to experience every once in a while my parents leading me by the hand in the way of the master. It, uh, it never ends. And that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing. And I, this sounds a little weird, but every once in a while, my dad, we're talking on the phone or around, and he'll say, yes, dear, to me. Of course, he says, yes, dear. And uh, he says that to me. And at first, that's like, well, you know, I'm a man. I'm not, you know, but it, but I, I actually like when he says that. It does something deep within my soul and my heart 
when I hear my dad talk with me that way. So for the next, this week and the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about relationships and family. And today we're mainly uh, talking about children. Uh, you can find this whole passage in Ephesians 5, 21 through 6, 4. And uh, there's also some controversial verses. We'll be dealing with them in the weeks to come. Uh, in verse uh, 22, we hear this admonition, wives, submit to your husbands as you do the Lord. We'll talk about what that's all about in the next two weeks. And then also this one that says, husbands, love your wives. That seems great. The same as Christ, love the church, and gave his life for it. So there's this idea of submit and giving your life, and we'll talk about the many facets of that in the next two weeks. But this is one thing that uh, it, you, may, you may need to let it settle, especially in the world we're living in and all the craziness that's going in. But if you were to actually give a fair study of Christ-centeredness, when Christ-centeredness grabs a heart, grabs a population, grabs a community, it actually makes things better in that community. We hear the horror stories. We hear the things where things have been done in the name of God or religion that have been horrendous. But if you go through, you'll find more done in good. Statement here, in every society that has moved towards a Christ-centered worldview, women and children fare better. So when women and children do not fare better, I would beg to argue with you that's not a Christ-centered worldview. Sometimes we show that opener video. I almost switched it out for this week, but we had this new one that I really liked, so I didn't do that. But uh, the one that talks about orphanages and medical care and schooling and education and all these kinds of things delivered at, in the name of Jesus. There's Ten times more stuff like that across history than the bad stuff. There is the bad stuff, but there's more good stuff. So very quickly this morning, as we think about this idea about families and we think about relationships, uh, the first thing I want you to think about is this, is our priority as parents is to transfer a child's dependence away from us until it rests on Jesus. So if you're looking, if you're just starting out, if you're thinking someday I might have kids, uh, you have kids, maybe you have grown-up kids, and you need to recalibrate a little bit, our goal as parents is to have our kids dependent on Jesus, not us. So every once in a while when one of my kids wants, has an issue and they want call me because they want to pray about it, I go, wow, we're, we're getting there. They're realizing that maybe dad has some wisdom, mom has a lot of wisdom, but maybe dad has some wisdom, but the real answer to life, the real resting place is in my relationship with Christ. So it's not getting them in the best school, it's not, uh, that, that's nice, but it's not, you know, setting them up and all these kinds of things, great sports athlete, great career, all of this stuff. Your, your primary goal is to have a child's dependency rest on Jesus. That's why Kids Zone is going on right now. Uh, that's why we support Awana clubs around the world. We have a little push for that every once in a while. That's why we're trying to figure out how we do Awana, because we want kids to see that Jesus can be depended on, and we want to point people 
kids in that direction, even as they grow up. And really, this, this should be a goal of all of us, not just for the children in our lives, but this should be a goal for us in just everybody that we come in contact with. We, yes, we come alongside somebody, but we want it to be clear that what we have to offer is that we have a faith that a Christ, a God can come and join your life, uh, connect with you, become a part of your life, and that is the answer to life. And so no matter what we're doing, we want to be helping with that to take place, but especially when it comes with our children. And for some of us, there may, there may be a moment where we've got to... Um, in a sense, turn a page. Maybe we need to say to our grown children, you know, I wanted this for you. I, I worked extra hours so you could have this and that, and we could have fun and all this kind of thing. And, and that was good and everything, but I, but I got a little bit confused. I got the order a little bit. I really should have been investing more time in having you become dependent on God in your life than just a good time. And so you may need to say that. And, and that's okay. I think, I think as a grown child, they, a grown child would appreciate that. And then they'd want to see it. Uh, this is really what John the Baptist did when Jesus came on the scene. If you remember, John the Baptist had a lot of followers, and he was preparing the way for Jesus, and, and there was a little bit of a, a tension, you know, who was is, who is the grandest, who had the most followers, and uh, this is what John the Baptizer, John, uh, John the Baptist says. He says, Jesus must become more important in prominence while I become less important. He moves into the center when I slip off to the sidelines. That doesn't mean as a parent you're not involved in your kid's life, but you want your child to be self-sufficient when it comes to their relationship with Christ. What joy when I find my kids making decisions that aren't rules decisions, but they're, they're decisions that flow out of their relationship with God. That is awesome when that happens. And so that's, that's our goal. Just like John the Baptist wanted all the followers to follow Jesus, not him. Jesus was the Messiah. John the baptizer wasn't. The same thing is true in our parenting. Now, this is a tall order. This is not easy. This means that this faith needs to be real in our own lives. And when Christ is becoming the center of our lives, he becomes the source of our lives. So you may be on the front end of this, and you may go, man, I don't know if I can pull that off. And the reality is you can't pull it off. You cannot pull it off by yourself. Jesus has to be your source. So as Christ becomes the center of your life, if that's really happening, he becomes the source of your life. And then he empowers you to lead your kids in this direction. He empowers you to, again, make uh, Jesus' de dependency on Jesus the priority. He, he, he helps you uh, figure that out. And there's another little piece to this. Uh, so that needs to be in motion. And while we're doing that, while we're trying to point that way, none of us will do it perfectly. But as we're moving in that direction, we need to also realize that our parenting is to nurture our children in ways that make following Jesus attractive. Some of us, and sometimes me, I make following Jesus not attractive. Why would I want to follow the gods you say you're following, the way you're treating me? the way you're acting, your perspective. I don't, I don't want that. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually pushing people away from Christ. 
pushing my kids away from Christ. This is a fine dance. All of us have been guilty on one side or the other side. But as a parent, we want to nurture and that come alongside, hold the hand, lead them in ways that make following Jesus so attractive, so obvious. Start that when your kids are young. Move all the way through. I remember when I was really young, uh, again, my parents weren't perfect at this, but it was such a part of life, faith, and all of that, that I thought everybody said yes to Jesus. Why wouldn't anybody say, why would someone say no to having Jesus be their friend and be a part of their life? I didn't get it. And all of a sudden I realized when I went over to visit my neighbor one time, a brand new neighbor, and now I'm like eight or nine or something, and I said, hi, my name's Dave Spencer. I'm a Baptist. What are you? <laughs> they were like, whoa, who is this kid? <laughs> get away. No, uh, but because uh, I just thought that was, that was the way you lived making Jesus attractive. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. So if we were going to take a little bit more deeper look into this, we would see back in Deuteronomy 6, um, see a whole passage there that talks about how this rhythm begins. If we're going to make Jesus attractive, it has to start that he's uh, our center, so we love God. Uh, your God with all your heart, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all that you've got. And that becomes our drive in life. And when that's true in our life, then that starts to uh, leak into the lives of those around us, especially our kids. Moses goes on to say, write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts and get them inside of you. Make them become a part of who you are. Make them the way you are. There's just an overflow. It's not something you, like an article of clothing you put on and now you're wearing your Jesus clothes. You, you, it's in you. It's a part of you. And to do that, obviously, we're going to talk, when we get through this series, we're going to talk about spiritual habits and catalysts and things like that as we get into the new school year. But this idea of really making it a focus in our lives and how we get them inside of us, how it becomes a part of our, our DNA, our operating system. We read on and it says, and then get them inside your children. So first got to get them inside you before your children. Some of us hear these stories, and it kind of makes us smirk a little bit, but, uh, you know, uh, dropping kids off for church thing, but it's really not involved in the parents thing. And eventually the kids realize that. You know, I just realized that dad and mom always drop us off for church, and it's important to get us there, but they, they never, it doesn't show up in their life. And again, it's, 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 again, they're not seeing it in their own lives, and then all of a sudden the lights come on, and, and they step away because they follow the lead of, of the people that are the most important in their lives sitting at home or walking in the street, talking about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Taking, if your kids are young, just the little things that are around you. For me, when the kids were young, I'd say, who made the snow? God did. Isn't God good to us because we have snow? Some others might say, wow, that isn't, you know, that's a sign of evil. But I say, this is a beautiful thing, snow. Get to go and play in it and sled in it and ski in it and all those kinds of things. But you stop sunset, sunrise, stars. Do you, do you know when you see, you know, you know, you see all those stars in the sky and 
And can you number them all? No. And uh, God knows the names of all those, just like God knows the name. God knows how many hairs in your head. Can you believe that? Because you're so important to God. Wow. Rainbow. You, you, you get the idea. You need to be thinking, though. You need to be engaged what's going on around you. Uh, you need to use life as it just unfolds around you. And, and um, I'm all into, you know, if you, if you take a little time to read the Bible with your, with your family regularly, I think that's good. I think that's a starting point. Uh, for us, we've tried to just be always observant of what was going on. I shared this story one time. The, the girls were spending a night over friends, and I think they were like 12, 10 or 12. It was a Saturday night. They give me the call, telephone call at 1030. I'm trying to go to sleep because I get up early on Sunday mornings because this is what I'm doing. Uh, so I'm usually trying to be in bed by 9. Did you hear that all today? Even today, 9, I'm sleeping. So, um, so I try to get, get in bed early, and I get this call. Can we watch this movie? And this movie was called She's the Man. And uh, it sounded like a Disney movie and all this kind of stuff. And uh, uh, so they said, you know, they were all over church friends. This is a great movie. It's awesome. You'll think it's great. La, la, la. <laughs> Laughing on the phone and all this stuff. And I said, okay, you can watch the movie. And uh, so the next morning as I'm getting ready to go, I looked at the write-up on it and saw that there were some things in it that I didn't think were really good for 10, 12-year-olds to be watching. And uh, they came home, and I said, so how was the movie? And they said, oh, it was great. It was wonderful. You would have loved it. You know? And I said, well, that's great because we're going to watch it as a family on Friday night. What? No, they, they didn't say what at first. They were like, yeah, that's great. Let's watch it. You'll love it. Every day, well, there is this one part you might not like. And... <laughs> And heartless. So then we watched it. Friday night, I got it. And we watched it, and I stopped it. And uh, again, not going into PG-13 territory, but there were all these scenes. And I said, do you know what the boy's thinking right now? You know what the girl's thinking right now? No, Dad, we don't want to know. We don't want to know. I go, I can explain it to you. I said, don't you put yourself in those situations. They seem fun and carefree and wonderful, but you're, 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 you're putting yourselves in a place where these things can happen. See, so that was just a life-teachable moment. It wasn't like a scheduled time. I'm just watching. Sometimes watching the news with your kids, talking about it. What does that mean? How do you feel? Use the world around you. So those two ideas. Of course, it has different expressions as kids are different ages. Um, you've seen things like this, uh, uh, you know, discipline years, Training years, coaching years. Coaching years might go now into the 30s, but, and then come the friendship years. But, but uh, you know, all this is in flux. But, but, but you need to think about there could be five stages. There could be ten stages, whatever. But you get the idea. You as a parent, the children in your life, these don't have to be your own children. The children in your life, you're thinking about who they are, what's age appropriate for them, where they're at, and then you come alongside, and then you adapt your style to where they're at. You adapt your style to where you're at. Just recently, the girls were talking about playing games. And, you know, we used to play games, blah, 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 and, you know, all these games. And, and finally, they, they said, Dad, you don't want to play games? I go, no, I, I can't stand playing games. Like, why? You don't like playing games? I hate playing games. Well, you used to always play games with me. I go, I go yeah, because I love you more than I love not playing games. But now that you're old enough, I don't have to play games. I'm going in the family room watching a TV show. You play cards, have a great time. 
So a couple questions. I'm going to rattle through these without giving you much explanation or the kids on the hill will riot. So um, do I believe that my kids are not mine, but rather a gift from God entrusted to me? I'd circle that word believe. And then if I was really going to get in your face, I would say, then how does that belief show up in your life? The way you care for them, the way you worry about them, not worry about them. Do you see them as a gift entrusted to you? Am I partnering with God to enable my kids to become who he intends them to be? Actually, do you realize this? You're partnering with God. God has a greater plan for your kid's life than you do. I am complementing what God wants to do in my child's life. I'm never replacing it. I have to have hands open. And even if I don't have hands open, my hands will be pried open. You can't keep them closed too long. So I want to partner with God. Sometimes when there was decisions, Cindy and I would be praying for the girls, and we'd be saying, Lord, we just don't know what the answer is. We know you have the answer, but I'm pulling out the card that you love my kids more than I love my kids, so it's in your hands. I'm going to stop worrying about it. You take care of it. You love them more than, you love, uh, more than I love them, and your love is a purer, stronger love. Do they know how, I, how, how delighted and excited I am about them? Do they feel like I'm on their side? That's one that I have to work on. Sometimes it's really easy for me to point out the things that aren't happening or could be done better. That doesn't mean everything's great. You don't give A's for everything. You don't give, wow, great job emptying the trash. No, that's what you're supposed to do. You don't need a great job for that. But, uh, you know, but do they know that I'm delighted and excited about them? Do they feel like I'm on their side or I'm on their case? Am I, in a living grow, am, am I a living growing in my relationship with Christ so that my kids have an example to follow? We're not going to get to it because you see some statistic there that my kids usually don't go too much farther than I go when it comes to my relationship with Christ. Do you hear that? So if you want your child to really own their relationship to Christ and all those kinds of things, they don't go much farther than you do. Over and over they've planned. So, so I can't get my kids to be something that I'm not willing to be. Am I pointing my kids to obedience and providing correction and guidance and discipline that is both firm and fair? Does the punishment fit the crime? Not that you've just had it and there's been 30 things you haven't dealt with. So when 31 comes along and it's a minor thing, they get the full weight of all 31. Not a good deal. And then they think God's the same way because there's another piece of this. Boy, I can lay some guilt on us all, right? That, that people view God the Father through their biological God, their biological father to a point, and their parents. So am I firm and fair? You can chew on those questions a lot. Bottom line is this. You've heard this bottom line before. Rules without relationship produces rebellion. Does that in your kids? Actually, does that in yourself? When you have a boss that gives you all these rules, but there's no relationship, 
you want to bucket a little bit. When you have a boss that uh, has rules and even crazy rules, but you have a relationship with them, you're, you're willing to go with it a little bit more. You give them a little bit more room in your life. Same is true when it comes to our kids. Take a look at those uh, little statistics I have there for you. Kids who become active Christ followers as adults. And that information is from 2016. I'm guessing it's changed a little bit to the heavier side on those things. So something to think about. Would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for your love. We thank you that we can stand in your love. And again, we want to be a conduit of that love to people in our community, in our world. But first and foremost, we want to be that to our kids. Some of us grew up in homes where it was hard being a kid. We've got all these things to work through. But we're thankful that uh, we can, in a sense, shake that off as we process through and walk with you. We're not uh, slaved and chained to the patterns that we were used to in growing up. And then, Lord, those of us who might not have had some of those experiences but still have to be on it, we thank you that you are our source. No matter what comes into the world of our kids, you are our source, and, and we can point to what a growing relationship looks like. Father, help the children involved in our lives, help the people involved in our lives know it's about them, not about the rules. Because when they think it's only about a a black and white rule. There is no relationship. Lord, we're thankful that you operate in our lives as a perfect parent. We're thankful for the role model. We're thankful for the patience you give us, the grace you give us. We ask again that we would be able to pass that on to those in our lives, especially our kids. In Jesus' name, amen.